0: Welcome to another episode of the Southern Roost, a member of the Flyways and Highways Collective. If you are looking for the show about what's happening in the world of waterfowl, you are in the right place. From the sportsman's paradise capital of the world, I am your host, Aaron Head. Join with me in this endeavor is my co host, Mr. Ryan Berthelot. Join us as we keep a pulse on the duck beat across our flyways. Welcome back to the Flyways and Highways podcast. We are sitting here with my good friend one of my duck hunting, hunting podness, the legendary John Roden. How you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Doing fine. We just had some lovely smoked duck quesadillas here this evening for supper, and I got my buddy Ryan Berthelot here over here. How's it going? Doing pretty good. All right. So today we're going to look back on one of our most awesome hunts that I can remember with, with us three in the blind on 11 26 22 where somebody got really wet, and we, but we shot a bunch of ducks. All right, John, I want you to describe to the audience your process, what you do before you go into a, uh, I guess, the night before a duck hunt, if you will.
1: Well, the first thing I do is I don't check the weather to see <laughs> if it's going to rain. And then I end up sleeping on the couch so I don't get woken up by a crazy person at my window. Knocking on the window. Who is
2: the crazy person, John? Aaron. It's Aaron. It's yeah. Me. Yeah. Oh, Aaron. I yeah. want to clarify those, those remarks.
1: I, wake, yeah, I got woken time. up at 4 in the morning by someone banging on my window, and I knew exactly who it was.
2: Do you find it but, sad that you have to sleep on the couch in your own house?
1: <laughs> no. I have um, a beanbag now, so I can sleep on the beanbag. Oh, but, the
2: beanbag is definitely way more comfortable.
1: Yeah. Oh, no at, doubt. At that time, I was sleeping on the couch. Yeah.
0: But, All right, going back to the thing, the, <laughs> the one time four AM to defend myself. It was opening day of duck season, and friends don't let other friends, especially duck hunters, miss opening day of duck season. So in my defense...
2: Okay, in John's defense, John, how old were you when this happened?
1: 22. 22?
2: You're <laughs> it was, 21 now, I This thought. was this year. Yeah. This was opening uh, day 22. of this most recent okay, season. Listen, at 22, none of us had any idea what we were doing anyway. So I'll give him a pass on that one. All right? I like, I i Have I ever... I've never overslept for a duck hunt. I've never hunted with somebody who hasn't, though. Right? That's the thing. So... Does that make any sense? I'm right, gonna cut that one out. Anyway, the point being is, this happens a thousand times. I've seen it happen so many times where a 21 year old kid gets up and is like, "I'm just not. Even, I'm not gonna do it. I don't even care. If it's opening day."
1: Yeah. Well, I just started not sleeping.
2: That's also a good strategy. Because like if you don't
1: sleep, you can't oversleep.
2: <laughs> but you also can't dream.
1: Well, I had a dream the other night. I'm not gonna get into it, but it was. Uh... How did you
2: get a dream? You're sleeping. Yeah.
1: So you're already lying to us.
0: But we all know amongst our friend group, our motto is sleep when you're
2: dead. <laughs> Very good.
0: We got it on shirts. Wait, pre- wait, sorry.
2: Get back to topic. Go ahead, John. So what's, the, finish what's, your process. What's what's, what's, process part? what's
0: part of the process you do before you go on a duck hunt? We already talked about the weather. Talk we talked about the sleeping arrangements. You that oh, About the weather you don't check.
1: Yeah, I don't check the weather. I grab a gun, a blind box, maybe a jacket if I walk outside and it's cold. But honestly, I just wear jeans and a green shirt or camo. Like t- so I just, then I leave the house. And, uh,
0: John reminds me of one of those guys that has like an old guy that has like a weather rock. Yeah. Where it's like, if it's wet, it means it's raining. Yeah. If it's hot, it means it's hot.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> like yeah. I said, there's no foresight there, right? Like we're going in the moment uh, duck hunting. Like and that starts at 2 a.m. for you or whatever time it started. But there was no foresight into what could happen in the future. Uh, what happened in the past right we were just living in that moment and the moment said not renting at the time we're fine
0: yes the reason why i brought up that question was so we're going to describe this hunt a little bit so we get all the way we met at my house right in the driveway and usually wake up i wake about 3 15 i usually tell y'all to be here by about 3 30 and we're gonna leave by 3 45 so we have to go all the way to cameron parish It's exactly like two hours from my driveway to the boat launch and the boat sheds where they keep all the um, stored things in the lease access that I got married into so we have to do that from the get-go rolls up I think it's a light sprinkle outside you can confirm these details my mind is uh, you know a little burn mm-hmm. but anyway so then I'm I look at John we start loading stuff up and uh, I think we get in our truck and we start going down the road and then I start thinking about everything we grabbed. like John do you bring any waiters
1: <laughs> no
0: no, that's right. He left them at you left your them. camp. They yeah. were all the way in a hole, like two parishes away in Port Barry. Yeah, that's what it was. So he had no waiters to, to start off, and then basically we start getting down the highway. We go north through Scott, where we live in Lafayette, and we get on I ten, start going west. And I remember it was like cats and dogs raining pitch black we have to go it's like 65 70 mile per hour speed limit
2: i was probably asleep
0: no, yeah kidding. Ryan okay. likes to fall asleep yeah but um what i, I remember I was I mean. just lightning was the long way you could see driving each crack of the light is the only way you could see the lines on the road it was rain so we decreased our speed to like 35 miles an hour and threw on our flashers we got behind some 18 wheelers and then i look over at john I'm like oh boy all y'all got some rain jackets <laughs> did we all
2: have rain jackets
1: honestly i don't remember
2: no i know what you were wearing john it was literally just a t-shirt yeah. I don't even think it was a camouflage T-shirt. I think you just drew a T-shirt. us. I'm going duck hunting today.
0: Did you have? <laughs> did you have boots? I don't remember if you did you have, or did you wear yeah. shoes? I was wearing
1: toes. I was wearing uh, the lacrosse boots, but they would fill up with water, so I'd have I to you had steel toes. No, <laughs> I, I had so. to empty them out every.
0: Okay, so yeah, because we didn't have any waiters and didn't have any rain pants, so you had jeans on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then I'm, y'all know me. I'm type A. And I kinda I make a duck hunting setup in my truck to where I basically bring like two kind of jackets, I have two kinds of clothes in there. That way if I do get somewhere, because we do a lot of public land hunting across varying states now, and I get there and it's super cold than what we thought, or if the weatherman gets it wrong, I can switch to a warmer jacket. So I think I gave you my alternate jacket. Yeah. And so that's what the only rain protection he had, but then basically it was his straight jeans into his calf boots.
1: <laughs> and either way, if I didn't have a rain jacket, I wasn't gonna complain after I saw what I saw.
2: You know, frankly, like, it's a sitka jacket as your backup jacket. Yes, I It's have, nice than whatever two John two was sitka gonna Jackets. get for himself anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so like that was probably a part of it. A little bit I'm thinking, I was like, okay, if if I just leave my crap at the house, Aaron'll give me his backup crap, which is way nicer than my normal crap. Was
0: that the real strategy here, John? Did you just really want to wear sitka so bad? And please sitka, you may sponsor us after the show.
1: Well <laughs> my frog talk jacket was in the truck.
0: Okay, so you got the you had the rain gear. It was just left in left in Lafayette. Yep. And we realized that going on the highway. I remember that now. Okay. Oof. All right. So we're getting through. It's probably around Iota where it's like I just remember being with the slowdown thirty five, flashers on. We're going, and then we get all the way to the boat shed, and it's raining cats and dogs. Where we're changing into our clothes and waiters inside the cab of the truck. Mm-hmm. And we get I get a text from Pat, my father in law. All right, he's a Full time guide retired, retired from his real job, but he's a full time guide now at the Coastal Club. Second oldest duck hunting club in Louisiana. The only times they normally don't go duck hunting is the I think the day before Christmas, Christmas Day and the day after. They hunt all the other sixty days of the season with clients. He gives me a text and says, All right, Coastal Club canceled all trips. We to making it down the canal. It is too stormy and lightning everywhere. So we're already here. We're two hours in.
1: We're going. <coughs> And I'd never mm-hmm. met Ryan before.
2: Nope.
1: Nope. So that wait, really? This time, is y'all's yeah. first time meeting too? I just each other, yeah. <laughs> I just made this connection just we, now. We
2: Y'all had never in, met? We had been in group messages for like a year and a half before that point. But no, that was our first time ever meeting. And I figured, you know, at some point, like it was a good group of boys to die with, right? That's, that's what the whole TikTok says, right?
1: <laughs> is that a TikTok?
2: It is. It's John C. Riley. I don't know what movie it is, but it's a, uh, this is a good group of boys. We're all going to die together out here. That one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, you're, that's you're oh, really that's young. a
0: comedy movie with um, yeah,
2: John C. Riley and somebody else. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's
0: it's calm. Skull <laughs> Island. It's the most recent version of King Kong. He's oh, that's like
2: a, a terrible movie.
0: And he's oh like, "We're God. all gonna die here together." That's he's horrible. laughing. He's, he's the yeah, old World War II pilot was, that crash landed and been stuck on the island for sixty years.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a great clip. <laughs> the movie's terrible. That <laughs> explains why I never actually remember it. But yeah, that's probably before. Is that before his time? No, that was
0: a recent release, at least within the last five years. I'd have to Google it, to be honest with you. Okay. I watched it recently, in my defense, when I was sick with COVID, and I watched a bunch of movies, and I think that was when that rolled through, and uh, oh, I that, that. was
2: one of the ones you chose?
0: I mean, it was just, I kind of played, like, stars on TV or something like that. It's like, it roll, because yeah, I was also man. dying, slowly, <laughs> you during know, my time.
2: I did when I had COVID. What? Shot dough grease. This is true.
1: I was in a kayak in the pool.
2: That's kind of like shooting scoff, but not really.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't uh, breathe.
2: I couldn't either, bud. <laughs> but you know what? I walked two miles in Poncha Train that day. So
0: we're well, getting back on track. So it's a whole lot of rain. Mm-hmm. We change going from my truck at the gravel parking lot. We go down the catwalk, uh, what we call. We got a boat shed to describe it to the audience. We got like metal buildings locked up on this private lease in Cameron Prairie Marsh, and basically we have to walk down a catwalk. It's a couple inches underneath. Uh, with that's water underneath nice. and.
1: Made out of scaffolding, scaffolding that is very sketchy it, to walk it, on. It is. <laughs> yes.
2: it is made out of scaffolding,
0: okay. And our it used to not be sketch, but before Hurricane Laura and Hurricane Laura kind of made one side a little wonky, and we just haven't fixed that side yet because yeah, it still abs- works.
2: absolutely ingenious if it's not torn up, though. To use scaffolding,
1: right? I've never fallen off of it.
2: I, I honestly, I've almost
1: knock fallen. on wood right now. I
2: think it's hard pressed to actually do that, right? Like, I don't think you could fall off of it if you unless you really try. I seen a you, dog.
0: Eat it one time. Oh, that's a
2: dog. Like, that's a little different. than.
0: <laughs> it was freaking out because he got stuck in the mud, for the the new puppy. Part. But anyways, we're walking down, and our boat shed's like the last, second to last one on the lift. And it's raining sideways. We get in there, so you get a little relief from the rain. I got to do the process, put the new battery in, set it up, prime the bulb. And this year, we found out that the carb needs cleaning, but it still works. So that's why it would be like, if it's time to go, we'd have to go full speed and go. So... We get going. It's one of those things where like you have to have. It's a tiller handle drive on an old Mercury 25 horse on a, like a flat-bottom um, welded duck boat. And holding with my left hand, holding the hood forward of my sickle jacket on with the right hand so I can kind of look out of my left eye and still stay shielded from the rain because it's like raining sideways. And lightning's cracking all around. That's the only way we have a light bar on. That's the only way I can really see all the future trail markers is when the lightning strikes, I can see the next trail marker up ahead. So, what'd you think at that point, John?
1: Well, I, I don't know. It was it was raining, but I don't know. I've hunted out there, so I've seen it before. But
0: oh yeah, so he had the path.
2: Was this your first time out in pasture? No, no you we went with hunted uh, a couple of days before that. Point. So this season was your first time. Yeah, this is my there. first season in pasture, and like, and I'll be honest with you. I, as I've had plenty of experiences with rain and duck hunting in the past, it's not indicative of a good or bad hunt for me. Usually it's kind of a mixture. Sometimes I like have a good one, sometimes I have a bad one. Obviously this one turned out I think a lot better. We'll talk about that later on but um, I was I had kept a pretty open mind. And I, I was kind of thinking like at that point, okay this is either going to be limits or it's going to be a bust. One of the two. There's no in between. For yeah.
0: It. So. so yeah, my experience uh, in this marsh is I've been out there and gotten rained on and never saw a duck. I've also been out there where it started off perfect weather, we like we'd shoot one teal maybe that came through early, and there'd be nothing for like two or three hours, and then you, like you're looking on the radar, and you see a storm front roll through from like the west, which is a weird angle for duck hunting in in South Louisiana. Then all of a sudden it's like lights on, it sounds like World War Three out there, and we limit limited out before after front after waiting and only had one duck for like three hours.
2: And I've told you this a thousand times in the past, but like I think you also started duck hunting in the dark ages. Of Louisiana right like you you, you duck hunting you started a very tough time for duck hunting Um the last three or four years have been really tough and now you're starting to see I think a little bit more of like what it could be I don't think it's what it was before when I first started like in 2004 or 5 whatever it was but like I, I think we're just getting started honestly I think you're gonna start seeing some glory days again here soon I really do
0: hopefully because this I think this past season was my best season overall numbers wise and species wise, yeah. of a variety. Usually, it's just in this in this marsh. We just usually shoot blue wing teal, green wing teal, and shovelers. and then gray ducks are like our bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Probably in the order of we shoot every year beginning of the season mostly blue wings, and it transitions to green wings. We still shoot blue wings the whole year, and greys are like our prize ducks. Where it's like those are our mallards. Where you wait till ten thirty, you can call down, doo 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 doo, and really call in some some gray ducks. That's kind of marsh
2: this is. And like and and. They can link this back to the Owen to Owen's podcast with us a couple of days or a couple of weeks ago, but I also think model duck should be on that list too for trophy birds. Yes, I really do.
0: Consistently, I could usually can kill like between one and five for being a each season since I've been out there.
2: I'm just thinking like you know we shot one together this year. That was it. Right, and,
0: and I think I've shot there was like three this year. There was a celebration was
2: a there to, to shooting a model duck. Like we've shot grays, we shot plenty of grays, and it was you know high fives. That's awesome, great. But when you shoot a mod, it's kind of like man, that's. Something a little different there, right? It's, it's one of those birds that makes you stop and kind of, uh, I guess, maybe reflect a little bit more on it. It's one of my favorite shots of the season that, that we made this year. Um, that, I think, it was a ringneck on maybe that same hunt that I don't know if you remember. Yeah. That was coming across and we just absolutely demolished. But um, it just it, it reminds me a little bit more of like a big duck in like a pintail way, you know? Right. We, when you shoot a pintail, there's a little cost for celebration that you probably don't you don't get with most birds that we shoot here normally, you know? Right. You shot a model duck out there yet, John?
1: I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So, back to this date, 1126, the epic rainout. Um, so, where are we at? We got, we're in the catwalk. We're going down. It's raining cats and dogs. On the way to the blind, still pitch black. And we finally roll up. Decoys are everywhere from the wave action. Yep. We have to pick up. Of course, this hole, we, we moved a blind. From a smaller pothole in the marsh to like a bigger, more trafficy channel, so we can run more traffic. So we're set up on the edge of a channel. So it's a this blind is facing the it's facing north-ish. So it's really good on an east and west wind, and on and on a south wind. It's probably the best blind we have. If it's a north wind, this blinds me be crap because it'll be coming over your back the entire time. So, but. I think this the storm is blowing out. It's going to basically make them come into our face. It so does a southern southern, southern by southwestern wind, I think, that day or something like that, where it's coming mostly from our, no, southeastern wind, coming from our left and then coming straight into our face is what we ended up having. So, But anyway, so that kind of describes the blind. We, we heavily brushed the very first week of the season. Yes. Spent hours on, made it pretty much immaculate. It's my yeah, favorite blind. Day, at least. Um. So we get out there, we move all the decoys around. So this channel is a little bit deeper. So normally we run like four-foot Texas rigs on monofilament with um, eight-ounce mushrooms and leave out between like five and seven dozen decoys per blind out there. And so we have to pick up probably two dozen or less, just mainly fix the ones that are like yeah, really far away. Yeah,
2: there were, there were floaters, and, and the thing is the floaters floated a ways, right? It wasn't yeah. like they were just a little bit outside the spread. There was like two hundred yards. like 200 yards off. Like we, so, I think we had to actually motor back one time to pick up decoys before we're actually getting back to the spread to get everything situated.
0: So, and then we have so the boat sheds. Where we keep all the boats. We have a boat hide, and we have about on this one blind, it's fiberglass uh, pods. So we have a couple of blinds that are fiberglass tanks, but this is individual pods. Four of them, sunken into the marsh, so you're low profile, and between the boat shed. And where the blinds are, there's a wooden catwalk. I would say it's probably six, seven foot long. Eight foot.
2: Probably like 10 to 12.
0: I think 10 to
2: 12. I I mean, the number is arbitrary to that point.
0: So basically you have to walk across uh, two two by four, side by side. Real skinny walkway. You get and you have to jump from one pod to the other to get all the way to set up for up to four shooters. So we had three this day. So we Mm. had space between two of them.
1: When you have water in your boots, it's extremely difficult. But I
2: want to go back (laughs) because there was a very surreal moment for me and it's when we were actually push-pulling through the decoys to set up mojos and there was a crack of lightning that lasted probably like three to four good seconds. I'm like, if you stop and think about three to four seconds of lightning, it's an hour long, it feels like. And I'm just thinking, man, Aaron's got a push-pull in the front of the yeah, like, very dangerous. this is great. And I'm like, I can literally just see the entire decoy spread by lightning, right? There's no, like the moon, I think it was actually a fairly new moon. I looked at my, but it was, my logs and see. Yeah, it was but a you bright moon, but anything. he couldn't see it. it was yeah. so dark. So, um, it was just, it was one of the most surreal duck hunting moments of my life is to watch that crack of light and realize that I'm actually setting decoys out by lightning, you know,
1: in a metal boat, in a the metal boat
2: rod. with an aluminum push pole yeah. that was stuck well out by the way. yes, It was being used. Like it was basically just a free <laughs> lightning rod and he's waving and he's just trying to tempt fate or God into uh, an early death. I'm
0: sorry, Chelsea. We don't try to die. I promise. Um, but my backstory with, with that is, I played lacrosse for all my career since eighth grade. So we've we've had a lot of lightning moments where no one in my team has ever got struck by lightning. But we hear stories, and so maybe it's like second nature to me to where you tough through it. I, I don't know. Does, but do lacrosse
2: players wear more metal than others?
0: Well, we have a it's a a metal rod. So defenders have a six foot shaft.
2: Oh, to- oh, so it's metal.
0: Yeah, it's made of metal. I, I don't know what I thought it was. There, there. are some wooden poles out there, I've, but. I've never thought of them. Unless you're like an actual Indian, you don't use those.
2: Yeah, I, I can't actually. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to edit that out, but Native American. Native, but, unless
0: you're actually yeah. a Native American. Uh, I apologize. I don't
2: think I've ever thought enough about lacrosse to think that, man, these guys might die, you know?
0: That's the most. Uh, that is the most lethal thing in that sport besides impact injuries of course. you know, it's like yeah. football, you just can't tackle on the ground. But lightning is a weird one that can get you. It's in any sport, but that one especially. And then also some weird stuff whenever the uh, the ball's hundred percent rubber. It's yeah. the size, just slightly smaller than a tennis ball. And there was this one dude in on Florida that got hit in the chest yeah. a goalie and hit him in the chest pad right in the middle of the sternum. We have chest pads, but like between heart rhythms, like in the perfect time to where like sent him into cardiac arrest. And it got revived though.
2: So like, you know, Playing baseball growing up, you always heard about like somebody getting struck by lightning with the tip of their ball cap, and the little metal oh, tip of the yeah. top. But that was that was about it. Which is weird because we had aluminum bats, right? Like You'd think we would be <coughs> for the lightning rods also. But Anyway, back to the point of this. Yeah, you were, I would say, even more at risk than a lacrosse player or a baseball player at that point. Uh, it definitely was a 10 it's a, it's a
0: 10-foot uh, yeah. push pole. It was right.
2: a very well-made push too, by the way. Loved it. Whacked a snow goose with it. Later on that year.
0: No, but before this. Before that year. It was like the yeah, that, week. Was
2: cu- that was a couple days before this. Yeah. Did we tell you about that story, John? Uh, nope. Okay, we haven't. So, you know, we shot a snow goose out of that blind this year.
0: Um, no, not that blind. Minute. Another blind. Oh, another blind. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. We shot a snow goose, um, which is a monumental feat. They They, yes. they said killed, like, if they five shoot a goose. ever. So, so um, didn't kill it. We went, we wounded it. And I went on to the island, which is, I mean, if you hunt up Louisiana, you know like, islands are all fake. They're not real floating. islands. Floating. They're floating false floating. island. Um, you can fall through any moment. Yes, and it was a nightmare to get to, but the goose was very much not dead. And it was not quite dead yet. He was trying to get away, but the goose whacker three thousand <laughs> got him. I gave him one good swing, and he actually didn't die. I had to grab him by the foot, but we're gonna say the goose whacker got him. So, no, um, so
0: yeah, so we're holding the goose whacker three thousand mm-hmm. above my head, and so Ron sees the lightning strikes. So eliminate the decoys. We put the uh, our mojo spreader run. We usually have a permanent pole in the marsh. We can run a stick mojo on, usually a teal, and then we have a floater redhead. We bought this year for our duck hunting redhead blast tournament. That is awesome. I highly recommend floating mojos. We'll talk. John's laughing because that's going to be a separate podcast. But um, we definitely got some experience on tires for that trip. That'll be a separate <laughs> podcast. Y'all stay tuned for that one. But anyway, so now we're going back. So what, John? What you thinking at this point? We see all the lighting.
1: I thought I was gonna die, but I was okay with it. Um, I was like, being "Die."
2: 100.
1: percent
0: That, that was a dumb way to die. die. Uh, when Coastal Club canceled, we should have known. But we were already two hours into this trip. We
1: were going to come. There this.
2: was no way I was turning back. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I was I already
1: wet. Look, so I wasn't. If if pat was pat
2: them say, "Hey, we're turning back," that is at best a suggestion, at best.
0: And Coastal Club, in reference to this, is probably we could theoretically be shooting the same ducks at Coastal Club. But the duck yeah. flies. It's like within the ten mile, ten mile yeah. radius. It might be closer.
2: At best, that's a suggestion. I've turned back for a lot more than that, but I, I, I can't think of a time where I was like, man, I can't duck on because this weather's so bad. Usually, I'll tell you what actually I refuse to do. I have no problem hunting in rain. I have a problem hunting in fog, and not because you can't see birds, because getting to a blind in the fog is a nightmare. That's the reason I can't do it. In fact, I had that, the same experience uh, this season as well. Where I ended up getting turned around, going to a marsh, a marsh pond in a on the North Shore, and I couldn't find like I was trying to walk 75 <laughs> yards, took me an hour to walk 75 yards. Dang. I couldn't find where I was going.
1: I remember one time we were headed to the blind, and it was foggy, but it wasn't fog. It was just billions of mosquitoes, and we hit something under the water with the motor, and it shot up and
0: yeah, we've broke. gotten stuck out there before. We yeah, have. I'm not proud stuck.
2: of it. I would also refuse to hunt if there's a million mosquitoes. So, billions. I'm oh, sorry, billions of mosquitoes. That's fine, too. Whatever number you want to throw out there. If there's seven, I don't want it. Okay.
1: Well, we did, so the motor died. Yeah. And we didn't have to push-pull because these mosquitoes were like, oh, let me help. So they yeah. pushed us with their wings so, to the blind.
2: Would you say the motor was a billion mosquito power?
1: yeah it, no, was. No it was it was loud it was like yeah. oh. i mean
2: listen I, i'm no stranger to bad motors right like i've had a million of them in my life we'll talk about that at some point too Insane. but um that happens man like I, i've actually refused to hunt teal season quite a bit because of mosquitoes
1: i just hate getting bit on the lip because then my lip swells up and i look like a kylie jenner or whoever that is
2: i'm just not a fan of
0: with filler john gets filler
2: I'm just not a fan of mosquitoes in general right like I think we talk about conservation and you know saving species from extinction but like, they can really go if you think about it like, what purpose do they serve on this planet that that can't be filled by something else you know nothing transmitting some disease I guess but
1: I don't know anything that eats
0: them naturally
2: dragonflies but I can guarantee you there's other food sources out there for a dragonfly I promise you that.
1: There's so much I want to say, but I don't think I can say it on a podcast.
0: It's okay. We'll, we'll keep that part out. Back to this story. <laughs> so we finally get all the decoys put out, the mojos put out. We go sit in our four pods. I'm in pod. The so one's closest to the uh, catwalk to get out to the uh, from the boat, hide. So I'm in pod one. I think we put John in pod two, whole, empty hole in pod three, and then we put Ryan in pod four. And uh, then we wait. Shooting time probably like, what, 645? Six thirty-two, Something like that.
2: Again, an arbitrary number because it was not daylight no. by 645. In fact, at shooting,
0: shooting time, was. I think I made the comment of like, all right, let's wait for the next lightning blast. I think I heard some wings go by. You know what I heard? And then next lightning blast comes there's nothing in the decoys. And,
2: and this is something, and, and I, I remember this now. I don't, I haven't since this happened. Around shooting time, we had specs flying over the top. I believe they may have actually been low enough to shoot at. Cause I caught them late after they up past the blind already but there was a f- small flock of specks that was just yodeling through the rain. I don't can believe I can't remember that but I remember that now because I regret not trying to shoot.
0: And there was a quiet like a group of three or four that were quiet underneath them that, that were shootable yep. going left to yep. right above our heads. Yep. They were like at least 25 yards high. I forget high. about
2: that. Right? Like, so we that's, heard them. That's, that's when you should expect to see geese like that in the marsh is in really nasty conditions anyway. But, um, yeah, that was, God, man, that would have made just a, a great hunt absolutely perfect. It really would have.
0: But, yeah, so, I don't know. We can't really see nothing until, like, 7.10, 7.20 anyway. No. It finally gets light. Yeah. So, we're going, and I can't remember what the first group that came through is. I think when we saw the speckle bellies, we knew it was, like, something's going to be special about this day because we yeah. had never seen geese that early. I don't and they were low flying because the rain was keeping them down the cloud cover, I guess. but um I don't know what the first group was, but we started seeing some V patterns up real high, I remember yeah coming straight at us. It, like you know they're not shootable there's there's big V patterns. Um, and then I think it turned on which is, like Johnny you remember anything?
1: That's the most ducks I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yep, that was for that marsh. It was different at all altitudes is what it started it. And the first group that came through wasn't at decoy level. No. It was just like high flyers. So I'm like, well, oh, I guess they're just going to pass us by. But then when it turned on,
2: but I think they started
0: getting lower and lower. Then in like 75 yards, 50 yards, they weren't stopping or like circling back to see this pond. But the, the waves of ducks are flying over.
2: Well, like I think for me, we were we were watching birds kind of working high, right? Like they were actually were not working, with it, just they're flying over call them migrators v-patterns whatever you want to call them birds that you're just not going to fool with and then I think I just remember a few teal just dumping out of nowhere down the channel which is normally what they always do anyway right but um, and just kind of lighting it up after that because then after that happened after the first few birds came down then it was like Aaron said just all levels of the stratosphere man It it was ridiculous it's not something I've seen very often where you actually find birds you find high flyers you find low ones you find them at every level in the air. It's not very often you see that.
0: Nope, not anymore these days. Huh. How many how many ducks did we got out of the first group that passed by?
1: I have no idea. I slept a total of zero the night before. Zero so what?
2: You have to use qualifiers here, bud.
1: Zero. Okay, there is nothing. Zero, zero zeros. There's just There's a zero. zero. It's a um, negative sleep. Yeah. I well I'm not gonna get into that, but Um, I have no idea. I just remember him dropping from the sky.
2: So I have the exact numbers from that hunt. Let's get from it. my duck All right. if Okay, you wanna, if you want to hear it, I have it the, again. I wrote this the day of. I, I keep a duck log thorough from every hunt that I. Uh, I go on, uh, around seven fifteen. We ended up. That's when we started seeing the actual flight. Right, I'm I'm talking thousands. Um, we end up with nineteen birds total. Ten of which were green wings, five spoonies, three blue wings, and then uh, we'll just say John's special duck. Uh, we'll talk about later on in the hunt. Something that I just I don't know I don't think I was expecting to see that bird there. It's not something I normally would I think I would see in South Louisiana very often. Usually it's like a thing they kind of just hang out in the, the trees mostly, but we'll, we'll pass on that later. But uh, I would venture to say I think we shot mostly green wings early on. Yeah. I think the spoonies we shot all came out of maybe two flocks. Because one of them late, one late was the morning. last bird I shot, was a spoonie. Because remember, we were going to cap off with him shooting. And then the last bird we came around to was a spoonbill. I think like maybe four or five of them. And I was able to, to, to knock one down on the right hand side out of the four hole. So, yeah, so we'd
0: kill a couple, couple of green wings. We're shooting probably about between two and four ducks of olive, I'd have to guess. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of a couple. So, of course, the wind's. Kind of kicking, and we've learned at this blinds we lost a trophy blue wing teal at the very end of the season because we wouldn't go out and get it. I really think an otter had stolen that one. <laughs> yeah, at that this hurts. point, man, I, I Remember that trophy that. blue yeah. wing that passed by. So because, I've learned in yeah. this in this marsh that when the ducks drop, go, go get him. them. Yeah. So I think I was in that mode because we've been doing that hunting straight for who knows how many days at this point, and we usually have access to a dog, our dog Jordy, but it's been uh, he was on in, she was on injury reserve um, since teal season she stepped on the blind and got a bad toe cut then the end of teal season so we hadn't we couldn't use her during big duck season so she, she got infected and stuff
1: so can we talk about that situation with the alligator
0: is this the same Different, but oh yeah we'll we'll, we'll loop back to that um actually no we'll, we'll interject it here so yeah so so were you with me on that teal season was that this year
1: yeah that was this year
0: is it opening day i think so or go for it, john we're a break on this story yeah.
1: All right, so we were hunting out there. Uh, it was the first duck we shot, and it went down, and a gator swam up to it and ate it. The gator swam up to the blind and spit the duck out where the dog goes, like jumps in the water. And uh, Yeah, yeah it was... that
0: was the smartest gator I'd ever seen. And we tell you about that story, around mm-hmm. So yeah, we picked up Jordy um, from Father-in-law's house, brought her out there. Me and John were hunting different blind than this one that we were talking about at this main story today. But yeah, during till season, shot that duck, laying on the water, you know, I'm about to start push pulling to go get it and I'm telling John, shoot that, shoot that, that gator to basically scare it off. Right. But no, it still makes a V-line, John shoots and he lurches to the shot, misses near the gator to scare him off and duck goes away I'm like, oh, well, there goes that duck. All of a sudden, we see a V come up near the near the boat hide. I'm about to reach my gun up and to scare the gator away with my shot all of a sudden, it spits out the duck, not chewed on very much. Spits sure. it out where Jordy jumps off the duck blind into the water. Wow. So that gator wanted the dog and was using the duck for bait.
2: Yep. We've never seen that before. I mean, like, and maybe, yeah, maybe maybe, he maybe pet a pet gator. Thought, right? like we should have. To, to we should have said, back. And like, yeah, see what happens. <laughs> right? See if we get another one for you. Uh, Play that game with him. But so I do have a note in here in my log. It's so back to the main story. This is going to make you super proud three of those spoonbills were killed by you at one time. Yes. If you remember, there were uh, there was a flock that was kind of like half split, right? And he was out picking up birds and me and you were in the blind John. And we had like maybe a half a dozen to like 10 of them come through on ours and by the time Aaron called the shot, they were kind of a little bit far out and then Aaron picks up on the back end. I didn't even know there was another flock back there behind us. Yeah, so so
0: basically in this the reason why this is all happening is I am basically have no dog, so we've learned in this, blind, in this marsh, especially this blind, to, if the wind's kicking, go get the ducks so they don't wash up on the bank or gator and otter or something like that doesn't yeah. come eat them. Yeah. So i just gone retrieved who knows how many ducks, four, four, five, six that are floating out there to the left. And then we, I, we don't even have time to park the boat all the way back in the boat. I, I'm just like sitting on the end of the boat in the driver's seat. I keep my shotgun there to shoot any cripples if I have to or anything like that. And I look up, I see it's like a three-part group: greenwing teal are first, mm-hmm. followed by greenwing teal and shovelers mixed, and at the end there's some shovellers, like in three levels. So I, rose roseocane's kind of tall. We brush this blind really well, so I assume the teal we're gonna land right in front of you, yeah. And then I'd have a shot on the back end of this middle group of shovelers and so I just call a shot from the back, and I start shooting. <laughs> So what happened to that group of teal that so I saw we were, I thought was so, landing right so in front of
2: you? We were in between groups, right? They kind of went past me a little bit, and they were about to light, I think, when you called the shot, but they were going to light a little bit further out. Okay. And then the middle group of mixed was, they weren't here yet, right? So we were kind of like in between, and okay. I don't think either of us were like had a bird picked out yet. Yeah, they were like, let's go take a shot on that. Right, so and I then, thought that yeah. whole
0: entire front half of the group was like landing in Ryan's face. I'm like, if they're not going to call it, I'm going to call it from back here. Kill them! So pow, 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 I rolled three probably Drake shovelers out the back. Yeah. Which is I think was my only triple of the entire year this year. Yeah. From like 40 yards away because a- I'm I'm picture, 20 yards behind y'all.
2: According to that picture, we <laughs> killed some stud Drakes too. Like I think it was four Drakes on a hen. Yeah. All spoons. And like that's, it's neat to see because that was kind of early in the year for those spoons to be really, really bibbed out well. But uh they were, yeah, they were, they were pretty nice and white. It was, it was nice to see. It was, it's always fun to shoot a spoon, but I don't care what anybody says. I really don't. I love shooting spoons so much. They're my favorite duck by far. Absolutely. <laughs> um, just because they work They work well throughout the year, too, which is the best part.
0: So it was raining real hard, right? So me and John wear walkers, and mm-hmm. when it's raining, though, it's the only downside. And we have a hood on, you just can't hear nothing. But super windy, you can't hear nothing. So I always bring, like, one earplug, and I'll put it in, like, the ear that someone's next to me shooting. So I, we didn't have walkers on. And, uh, you know, like John ringed me real hard one time, but he shot the ducks. I wasn't mad about it. Um, but then, um, so I couldn't remember how this worked, but I was back getting in, it as a different group. I was back picking up probably all them same three shovelers. I go back to the blind. Another group comes in. I want John to tell this part because he tells it the funniest.
1: I'm sorry. Which part is it?
0: Then like the, those ducks came in and y'all, y'all all three cycle out, but you still oh, see drugs. dropping. Oh, yeah
1: yeah so we we shoot ducks and we see them fall and they they land and then I see like three more ducks fall from the sky and I'm like, I don't know where are these coming from. I couldn't hear Aaron shoot. I guess just the where you were. I don't know where the you wind
0: run. or the rain or the angle or something. But yeah, I think y'all three had all cycled out. And then John's looking up, and there's two teal that are above y'all, like almost directly above y'all. They almost probably land in the blind. They land like five yards from the blind. I'm like, pow, pow, a double. Or maybe I hit one, miss, hit the last one. And then that's when John sees, like, they're falling, but we're, we're, no, it ain't us shooting them.
2: Keep in mind, I'm hearing this story for the first time because as you can tell, John speaks very quietly. And I'm two spots over in the blind. It's already raining, so like everything at John's saying, I'm just like kind of nodding, yeah, man, smiling, with voice. yeah, you, smiling yeah, with I'm having you. a good time shooting ducks. So like I, I haven't, I didn't know John actually spoke words the entire hunt, so this is all news to me.
1: Let's keep in mind I had zero hours of sleep.
2: Oh, it's hours now. It was yeah, just zero on hours sleep. at this point. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah, so basically, some magical ducks are dropping. I'm just popping them from the back. And I was. I think shoot. I shoot. I think I shot my limit from the back, the the boat hide. Just about. I'm thinking I'm pretty, maybe I shot <laughs> you one. You got close if he One did. Yeah. out of the group, maybe the first group that came through, then I started to basically, had to be the duck dog, and I just stayed in the boat the rest of the time. It was I saw, just about.
1: I saw those ducks fall, the, or I saw them in the corner of my eye. I didn't know they were falling, and I was about to shoot at them, so I was trying to get shells in, and I just <laughs> saw them falling down.
0: So yeah, so we going. get to, I think we get to 14 or 15 at this point, and it's, Mixture of green wings, blue wings, and shovelers. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to let John have the last couple of hunts. Because again, about some point after about, maybe was was it before all the action? When it started raining really, really hard? What was the famous line of the hunt, John? And he use a blank for
1: it? Well, I mean, obviously I didn't come very prepared with my uh, rain jackets. But with the rain jacket I had, Water just kind of went down into my pants, so I said, oh, my dick's wet. And, uh...
0: That's when we all started dying laughing, and that's basically the, uh, the title of this hunt was basically, yep, it was, just, it was raining raining cats and dogs and ducks, pretty much.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. all right, so we get to about 14, 15 ducks, and so we're going to let John have the last blast on the, to finish out our limit, and so I think it was a group of four roll through, we yeah. didn't know what they were. They were flying Mach twenty. I think we weren't gonna stop. We, we
2: don't presume they were a widget. Yeah. The, after they, they pass and
0: John shoots oh. one to make it sixteen,
1: and I smacked that one so hard.
0: No. No, it was at eighteen. Eighteen. We, we were at yeah,
2: seventeen we're, working on number eighteen. That's what it was. And we had these four come off the. They they came from across the channel and they were heading off my right shoulder, and John got out in front of them. I could have swore they were a widget. And i Me made too. I've made this mistake a lot with these birds in the past too. <laughs> Um, you see
0: that flash of white patch. You,
2: yeah, you see that white patch. You see the little, head. little white
0: belly. And of course, That's, these ducks are all wet. It's raining. Yeah. So, like, they're kind of all, uh, their feathers are all, like, But anyway,
2: know, John, tattered. you made a, a beautiful shot on a... What was it? What was the... Merganser? Yeah, Hooded Merganser. Hooded Merganser in the marsh. We could have cut all
0: four of them had we known there were <laughs> Mergansers coming through. Yeah, I,
2: just, I, I eat Merganser, so I appreciate that myself.
0: I've seen it. It was On the back of a up. tailgate. Back of a tailgate. With a almost no dairy. spice. Yeah. I've seen it. it.
2: I had a little bit of like Tony Chattery. I don't know what it had. Some kind of rub. But you Should try new news. Was that a nutria?
0: No, new news seasoning. It's based out of here. Really good. That's
2: what we actually had in the Duck Ace Studios tonight was new news. Sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah, new news. Sponsor. Hear us out. Uh, but no, I mean, like I said, that was one of the most memorable shots that I can think of of the season was John like dropping that
0: that hen it was like past you so it's out the back of the blind which is like tall brush it, it was it was a left or right hole. they probably weren't decreasing in altitude or 35, increasing 40
2: yard shot probably. and they were
0: zooming they weren't yeah. gonna stop
2: no they were they were not uh decoyed at all they were they were not interested in that spread but john gave them hell yeah. unfortunately it was a hen have you ever seen a drake john mm-hmm. I, those drakes are gorgeous yeah they really are i shot one drake this year one drake in fact i think it was the Opening day of East Zone that I shot a Drake on, uh, which is my first time ever shooting the Drake Morganser. I always shot Hens also. so.
1: I was trusting that it was a widgeon. I was I super no stoked.
2: I was like, dude, 18 is going to be a widgeon. Oh my God. Right? Like, I have that no, was pretty awesome. I have no Wigeon on my ledger for the year. Um, I was very, very stoked that we were going to have a widgeon for number 18. And of course, like a Merganzer just made the bonus duck at that point, right? So. We got back in the blind and did it again, which also not mad about. So,
0: yeah, you then so basically you finally had the last duck, yeah, shot the spoon bill, and that was it. it was awesome shoveler, yep. And, um, but yeah, all right, so John, so learning from this hunt, have you changed anything that you normally do on your evening, uh, pre checklist no. before a hunt? Or are you just still
1: no? I think this was the first time I really just didn't sleep before, and Maybe that's the key, because every time after that we killed stuff. It's not, because I, I can
2: by by experience it's not. I've, how many times have I shot one wood duck after pulling an all nighter while I was in college? A lot, right? And were they worth it? Looking back on it, no. Okay, and like you it's want to look fondly at those memories, but you just can't. You just can't. Or like one blue wing, right? I yeah. hunted a poop pond in college. A what? Um, it was a retention pond. Okay. Right? Actual poop. So it was like a retention <laughs> pond that actually bled out into this gigantic marsh at a very popular WMA. Okay. Um, and what we hunted was a, a sewage pipe that was raised off the ground about six feet, and they had a walkway on top of it. So you stand on top of this walkway, which I'm, again, I'm pretty certain, like this is probably illegal. I don't know for certain, but I don't care. So you walk on top of this walkway. And you just get to an opening in the trees where you see the marsh, right? And then you're not you're not decoying birds, they're not gonna sit in the poo. They're gonna fly <laughs> over the top. Um, it was an actual it was a pretty good mixture of wood ducks, blue wings, and black bellies that we would get, but you would never get more than like one or two, and if you shot more than that, you were gonna for sure lose them. Because like you have to go get those birds immediately. And after that your your hunt's done, right? Like the flight's very, very short, twenty five minutes at the most. But that was that. That's my experience of staying up all night and then trying to like you know, duck hunt quote unquote. Doesn't work, John. It doesn't work. Don't don't let this this gamble fool you. Right, like this you hit you you went play blackjack and you hit blackjack the first hand. Congratulations. After this, you may never see it again for no. several times. No. <laughs> so
0: the more of the story is, I know <laughs> we joke about sleeping when you're dead, John, but you can get sleep. Just
2: sleep in the truck. Yeah, sleep, sleep sleep
0: like truck. Ryan has driven all the way out Look, there and met I'm, me. Here, here's the deal: it's some weird so, stuff.
2: I work, you know, football season. I'm a journalist, right? So I am staying up till 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. A lot of the times during the fall. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm almost certain that the day that we went, I was probably at an LSU game the night before. Probably. Uh, I don't. The UAB game this year, I didn't get to Aaron's house. I got out of the stadium at one thirty. I was at Aaron's for three. I don't remember what day that was. I look it up and see the logbook. But I, it was it's a nightmare. So you have to sleep when you can. And unfortunately, truck time makes it, you know. It's a lonely ride for Aaron, but it's a very comfortable ride for me. That's a very nice truck to mind Aaron. It. I definitely very fell asleep.
1: Nice on the way to that hunt and on the way back.
0: I, I think I looked over and I was the long one still awake. Yep. But I podcast. So
2: There you go.
1: But Which I,
0: is
2: weird that we're doing this because I hate podcasts. I love podcasts. I cannot stand podcasts. And here listening? We are. Well, listening? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. here we are doing a podcast, so.
1: That's the thing that keeps me awake when I'm driving. Yep.
0: So, here we are. All right, so, looking back at this hunt, we had what? We had 18.
2: 19 if you count the hood.
0: And with the hood of Merganzer. Uh-huh. Everything was wet. The gear. WD-40 was definitely a sponsor of that hunt, so oh shout God, out to them. Because we were spraying down our receivers, like, in between yep. volleys, because it was raining so hard keeping our receiver action the open side, face down, so yep. it doesn't run I mean, I think I tilted out my barrel one time and like water, a little <laughs> tropical water poured out my gun barrel because we sit, we have these um, fiberglass blind pods. They're at like a 30 degree yeah. angle maybe when you sit them on the bench and you lean up against the front brush rail, yep. probably a 30 degree angle. So the water is like kind of getting down the barrel. It's hilarious.
2: But you know what? One of my favorite parts of that blind is is the fact you can pretty much stand up in it for the most part, and you're going to be well-covered. At least sink down a little, little bit. Because we sink the
0: long fiberglass time. into, like, you're... Yeah. Probably the water line's roughly right underneath your waistline. Yeah. <laughs> so, your half your body should be underwater. Um, and, and to be fair, we on, didn't even... On sea level. We really... Out here. I
2: don't think we had to worry about it as much, like, being concealed today, or that, or that day, because of the rain. I mean, right? I was like, shooting
0: my shots from the boat. Yeah. I, I hide don't, I don't not think hitting.
2: there was an issue with concealment, because I don't think they were... They are just trying to find a place, right? But uh it was just it's nice to know that you can stand up and you're not going to bust anything most of the time yeah i think there were some hunts late in the season of that blind that we did have some issues with like uh they kind of got smart and that's the blue wings right like, the blue wings are going to know at yeah. that point they've been around the, the marsh the entire season at that point so
0: but yeah so looking back on it john i know you've seen you've been hunting out there with me late before and also ryan too y'all think we should have uh Saved them like maybe four or five six ducks limit and see if there was anything big would have showed up
2: like mallards greys, or pintails no i was getting rained on <laughs> like i mean as simple as that right like if i could get 18 ducks and stop getting rained on of course i'm gonna take that you yeah. know what i'm saying i don't think anybody was at the boat launch that day when we came back
0: no there might have been one or one other, other group out one other group at the most and they were so happy
2: yeah.
1: I've never seen people smile That's right. Like that there was they were all much. sitting up
2: they had a pintail in their mix too. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they had a blue goose. They had a bunch yep. of different birds in there. Uh they had a, a, a haul. So like two boats hunted and we both did well. I'm not I'm not upset with what we killed, right? Like it's not is it the sexiest bag you're ever gonna have? No. Right. Like it's there's nothing deal. no, there's yeah. nothing
0: sexier than eighteen shovelers, bro.
2: Yeah, well you you can <laughs> keep dreaming on that one too. I don't think we, I really don't think we would have killed eighteen shovers, I don't know if we could try. No. But, um, I don't. I'll, I'll take a, a limit any day it comes. Especially in Louisiana right now. Again, like we talked about the dark ages a little while ago. We're just getting out of the dark ages of duck hunting in Louisiana for the last four or five years. I'll take a uh, teal and put a limit any day of the week. And I know, like you talked about the history of this place. Like they used to pass on teal for a long time yep, to get the big ducks. That was the stories from back. My grandfather
0: in law says. My father in law says they would just let the kids shoot the teal yep. or just wait. And that's the thing That's
2: you hear that everywhere, right? The 80s were the, the golden era wherever you go for duck hunting. Oh, man, you know, point system days, and uh, you, you could pick out green heads for days, right? Like, I've shot at two green heads this year, and one of them was in that blind, actually, late in the year. And one was in Oklahoma. Yeah, one was in Oklahoma, but that's a different story. Um, I You're just not going to get that, right? Like, you take what you can get, and if that's green wings and spoonies, so be it. And I'll take that every day of the week.
0: So you've changed nothing, John. Like, your same tactics? Learn nothing from anything?
1: I mean, I bring a rain jacket. I mean, I had a rain jacket. I just... Didn't make it to the vehicle? Yeah, I didn't make it. I think I was late. I Were there any shots late.
2: that you wish you had back that you remember in your head by any chance? Shots? Yeah. Like, there's always shots in my season that I'm like, man, I wish I had that shot back. Do it again. That green adventure that was floating at like 30 yards... Was very much the one. You were out picking up a bird. You were chasing that. Yeah. You were chasing that blue wing. Yep, probably that, that, that beautiful blue wing that we lost to the otter. Um, and that thing just floated in, just chattering. I'm like, oh man, I want to surprise Aaron again because you were outside the blind for the mallard shot. Yep. I'm
1: always going to get ducks yeah. when cool stuff comes in.
2: Always, and always going to pick up my cool mallards too. But
1: I don't know about this season. But I don't know. if It might have been last season or the first season I ever hunted. You were out picking up a duck, and then like all these ducks—I don't know what they were.
0: Yes, I remember this now. They all Keep going. In,
1: and I didn't know—I was just practicing my calling. I don't know if I actually called any of them in, but they landed. But I didn't know what they were, so I didn't shoot at them. And then when they flew off, I was like, "Dang, those were ducks." And
0: this was the same hunt. This was after Laura. So it was the Hurricane Laura year. We're going, and we're going full throttle. Kind of in the middle of the channel, I might have drifted to one side looking on my GPS map to make sure we're on the right line, and then the, we hit something, a piece of hurricane debris. Motor kicks up into the lock position, and like, full stop. And then I go to let the motor back down, and we're priming it, everything, trying to get it started, and it will not start back up. I push pull the last 700, and 800 yards to the blind, and of course, it takes like 30 minutes, so we're past shooting time. Yeah. Of course, when we get to the hole... Ducks lift off the decoys as I'm push-pulling in, so we would have missed some pretty good prime-time shooting light action. Actually, well, the
2: key is there is that you have to be on the front, because then you're, you're you're a man-powered vessel, not a motor-powered vessel. We, we did have you need load I did have my gun loaded because I've done that before in Alexandria. We shot canvas backs off the front because I was I was paddling and I had somebody in the front with a gun loaded. I had him basically down. He would go we belly down to the John boat, right? That way he could not even see him. He's just like like a punt gun propped up on the front. Just waiting for everybody to get up the water.
1: Yeah. But. I just remember Jordy was... So what were they though? Do we
2: ever find out?
0: So yeah, so I'm on the phone because I would go... So we do shoot probably as a model duck. And it lands mm-hmm. back in that little channel in Shane's mind. Like the little sides. Shoot, yeah. shoot. Yeah. So I'm paddling back there trying to look for it. I think we find it. I think I found it. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. But then I'm on the phone talking... All of a sudden, I see from like John's right side, they come in, they land, and they get up. And like, I yell like, "John,
2: shoot him!
0: It was like twenty gray ducks.
2: Oh, like, it wasn't even
0: teal. No, it was like good stuff too. Oh, they, they were even, pretty no. far away though. Yeah, they they would have they probably skirted like the outside of the edge of that pond, like out front. Yeah, um, where it's like fifty yard shot, but they all kind of get down into land. We,
2: we made some pretty heroic shots out of that blind this year on some spoonies though.
0: Anything like inside like that. that blind. You can shoot all the way across the land across from me. That's like 50 yards, kind yeah. of. Just outside I would, of I would say there was a
2: couple spoons. So
0: anything that lands between you and the grass across from that different blind if is If you all
2: remember the last hunt that we all had together in that blind, which is like I think was the second last day of the season, we picked yep. up the decoys. Yeah. Um, there were two spoons that came in, and they, they were 40 yards all day long. And we rolled both of them. They were on the outside edge of the decoys, right? Um, We had a few different instances like that in that blind where we were looking at probably 35 to 45 yard shots.
1: Yeah, um, I, will, I will say this season was my best shooting of all. This it was like my third or fourth year duck hunting, so Yeah,
0: John
2: I brought John
1: into this. I've been shooting since I was 12, so. And the thing is like,
2: I mean, you know obviously as well as anybody that that shooting clays and ducks are different beasts generally, yeah. but the more you shoot at ducks, the better shooting you're going to have eventually. Like I said, yep. if you can get a couple of like early limits in the rest of your season goes by a lot smoother, man. Yeah. Like, there's very few birds. I'm like, man, I wish I had that back. One of which was that mallard, but like the other ones that I wish I had back were I didn't even shoot at. Like there were the ones again that last day. Remember we kept like we had I think a flock of greys and a flock of wigeon come through, and uh, because it's the last day of the season, everybody's out there and uh, they got bumped off of some shots. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> I wish we had those back. But like. You know, we didn't even fire shots at those birds, so I can't yeah. complain about that.
1: I think, I don't know if we want to talk about Port O'Connor on this one, but...
0: We're going to save that entire thing yeah. for a different... Uh, that's just a
2: nightmare bird. fiasco in itself. Yeah. I, I met Anna's in... parents the other day, and they asked me about, like, duck hunting stories. And, like, that's the go-to story now, right? Like, cause, like, and I told them, like, you don't want to hear the successes. You don't watch NASCAR for the the winner. You watch NASCAR this for the is trade wreck. Right. Uh, yeah. For, uh, so,
0: positive, like, yeah. I had an entire Dale Earnhardt dad room decked out when I was a kid. Like, that's the design my parents did for me, like, race car number three across the thing. So, like, I think we sold that at a garage sale for a lot of money afterwards, because I everyone watched be a this. I think Jeff
2: Gordon kind of guy, honestly.
0: I mean, I never watched NASCAR. I guess I think that's what, I liked Hot Wheels, so they picked that theme for my room. I got you. Anyway, so back
2: to, back to the So, thing. yeah, you're the intimidator. I get it. But, uh, no, like I said, I mean, you don't, you don't watch NASCAR, for the the, the winner. you watch it for the Rex, the guy who turns right. That's what you're watching. The <laughs> for. Yep. That right. was Port O'Connor, I think, for both John and myself.
0: <laughs> Luckily, John uh, jumped in my boat and talking about smoking some widgeon. We killed some yeah. balling widgeon. The best pairs. shooting
1: I've done was in Port O'Connor. Yes, I made some far. Sh- we didn't find the birds, but unfortunately, redheads red are shot. hard to kill,
0: and we downed. A game winning, tournament winning redhead. I'm pretty positive. After what I saw the way in, we we down drawn down a tournament winning redhead on a solo. If we had a solo redhead limit pot, he would have won it with that redhead. That could you, not go out. But you find. know what?
2: Like, I had the same experience in Port O'Connor both years. I think the only shots I've really missed. i that day that I went solo all day. That that that's tournament day, <laughs> Saturday. I missed a redhead, and I had a flock of like. It had to be 300 birds coming over the top of me, right? And I was waiting for them to land. It was a mixture of blue wings. There were some redheads in there. They some some Grease as well, or some scalp, whatever you want to call them. But uh, I just kept waiting for them to land. I didn't shoot. But I think I missed, like, a pair of redheads that day uh, that I should have had. But uh, the only bird that came through, really, that tried to light was the one I shot,
1: right? So you killed one when you were out there? Long?
2: Yeah, at 5 p.m. I've been hunting since, six, like, 6 that morning, right, like, maybe 20 before... before End of daylight, I shot a a skull. Nice. and not even a greater, a lesser. I killed a greater last year out of that.
0: See, so, yeah, we've all had them yeah. shots that uh wish we yeah. had back. Anything else miss about this hunt? We'll we'll go back to the Port O'Connor stuff on its own entire podcast. It'll we'll yeah. be its own entire yeah, it's story. Really It'll be these same three say. people. We might be able to get. Maybe we can get Maybe we can get Grundy on. Bro. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. I, I want his name is of, Grundy
2: thought Port O'Connor more than anybody else.
0: So we'll, we'll loop back to that. Really so we're teasing, do. we're teasing a lot of future podcasts on this one. So y'all That's stay tuned. A fun one though. But yeah. So well, oh. back to this main hunt, John. Anything we're, we're else you, have you to think open of? Up the
2: censorship for that. I'm sorry. Well, I'll get I'll get off of it now. But like, we're gonna have to open up some censorship for that one because there's gonna be a lot we'll of stuff. We'll so. do a disclaimer at the front of that one. was
0: 13 years of age and older. Pg-13. I
2: wasn't inventing new words into that one. So, anyway, go ahead, John. Sorry, bud. Oh, sorry.
0: See, back to back to your about? hunt. First time you met met Ryan. First yeah. time was that your first time shooting a three man limit?
1: Uh, with a not
0: guided hunt. With a, yeah, because we did that one. We we had a nine person teal season limit with a guided hunt before. That was ridiculous. Before eight o'clock.
2: That was along my second or third three man limit. I hadn't had many.
0: Yeah. All right, John. So anything that sticks out to you about this hunt? Anything? at all they can think of to add to this story
1: well no matter the weather it's just fun being out there i just like being outside and if you see a duck point your gun up in the sky shoot it if you miss it there might be one behind it shoot that one if you miss that one you should probably just quit altogether
0: only two shells,
1: John is shooting with over and under. Yeah, yeah. I have to
2: say, like, don't even try a third shell. At that point, hey, right?
1: sometimes you can't put three shells. in. That hunt, I, there were some times where I couldn't put three shells. In. <laughs> I
2: don't, I don't think I ever had that issue. I think I was, I was pretty quick on loading mine up. I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I'll and Aaron knows I'll burn three. I have no issue burning three shells on, on, even a single bird.
0: Three shells and it's five yards in front of us, and there's nothing left for that teal on opening day.
2: Oh my god, yeah, I, I have nightmares about that bird still. There was no face left on that thing.
1: Oh my God. One time I shot a, there was a bird, it wasn't dead, and I this was like the first hunt I ever went on, I think, and <laughs> it was in the water, and you're like, John, shoot it again, so I shot it from about six feet away, uh-huh. and it went straight out the water about eight feet in the air, <laughs> and there wasn't much bird left. Oh, but that, that
2: was,
0: yeah. Yeah, then I started, I forgot to tell John, to aim for the head, just <laughs> knock its head off, <laughs> or aim right above it. We started teaching him how to sw- had a water swat. But for you, right, anything on this side you can think of that sticks out?
2: I think it's just like that old adage of, you know, you can't kill them at the house, right? Like, I mean, I've had several days in the past where I'm just like, this is going to be a really, really bad day. Or it's just going to be, I don't know what to expect kind of a day. And it ends up usually with a, a pretty good bag and uh, very good memories made. So I, I just, I think it kind of reassures the fact that uh, if you just keep doing it, eventually something will something good will happen, right? That's the big yeah. thing. I agree.
1: Can't kill him on the couch. Yep. I want to say that. that was insane. And that's exactly why we go out there at 2. To drive out there at 2. It was cool. Oh,
2: of course. I mean, like, you know, the amount of bad hunts you have that then get erased by that. And you just, it's a vicious cycle you'll do over and over again the rest of your life. Yep. Where you'll, you'll hunt, you know, five, six, seven, eight times. And, oh, you know, we kill a bird too. And I, and I know there's guys on this podcast right now like, oh, man, I shoot limits, you know, once or twice a week. Well, I don't, you know, I can nope. tell you that now. Um, I spent a lot of money to not do that also. I'll be honest with you. But every now and then it just, it falls, falls into place, you know, and to share it with you guys is something I'll never forget, right? I've never forgotten one of those hunts where, you know, uh, you kill a bunch of birds and, I think it's just almost like a euphoric high. You get to a point where you, you just you're trying to soak in every last second of it because you know it'll be over soon. And it's I don't know. Just take a look around and you realize you're like you're in that moment is
1: is really really special. Yeah, I wouldn't want to shoot limits every time anyway because the time you do get to do it, it's more special. It, it, you might have just said that. I don't know. Maybe no
2: comment on that cause I'm still not sure not to think about that one for a while. Would I not shoot limits every day if I could? I mean, like, I see where you're coming from. I do. Because I'm, I'm, we're like, there. Like, this was insane.
1: Right? I don't know. I've never seen anything like it.
2: And, like, and to be fair, like, this is... On the insanity level for me, Port O'Connor last year was more insane to me than this was. Like, because right. we didn't know what we were doing, and then, like, we just had a bunch of different species. Like, to that the we never see. The diversity. They
0: never see. It's, it's a totally different... Like, the
2: diversity is always the biggest thing for me. And, like, this was just one of those hunts that's like, man all of the risk and all of the, the stuff we had to put ourselves through to pay off. That was the big thing, right? Cause like if we sat out there in the rain for four hours, getting soaked, we risk, you know, getting electrocuted, all that kind of stuff. Uh, didn't know about the motor breaking down a couple of years before. Had I known that with the same motor, probably a little more sketchy. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> is a different the motor. This is a oh, different for, motor. Uh, yeah. No nope. different motor. Yeah.
1: It? He put a new motor on. It? Yeah. This is a different motor.
2: Okay, oh. good.
0: Um, some other stuff happened. Like, this is a different motor. But. but
2: anyway, you know, had I known those things and then gone there for one duck, would I still have done it? Of course. I want to try, right? But it's just made it all the more special that we had to go through all of that hell to get a little slice of heaven. Yeah.
1: You know, like I'm this here much. for the adventure.
2: I only gave you that. No doubt about that.
1: For sure. So, wouldn't then, want to do it with anybody else, for sure. And we've got an even crazier adventure for the next podcast.
0: The next time we meet, we'll probably have to do the Port O'Connor podcast. We've been teasing it this whole time. So yeah. all right, gentlemen. Well I guess that about wraps things up at a look back at one of our most stellar hunts with this season with us three. So we want to thank you again, John, for being on our podcast. And we look thank forward you. to more with you and look forward to more with you two, Ryan, and the other gents. So I guess that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Southern Roost, the podcast show for the Flyways and Highways Collective. Connect with us by searching Flyways and Highways on Instagram or Facebook. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast from. It really does make a difference. Tell a friend about our show. Even better, bring someone new into our beloved duck culture. Till next time, this is the Southern Roost,
1: signing off.